Today I'm speaking to Arne Pickard. He's been the former marketing chief of Lidl UK and then Lidl Germany. One of his major jobs was establishing the Lidl brand in the UK and bring the, the different Lidl brands in Germany under one roof. In the last years he successfully won many awards for Lidl and for himself. So Arndt, good to see you today. Thank you very much, good to see you. So my first question is, uh, how do you feel about marketing? Well, I think marketing is a is a probably one of the most exciting and coolest uh, uh, fields you can actually be in um, with a company, because uh, you know besides the role of a CEO who is the ultimate leader of an organization, um, you probably have the strongest angle to turn around how an entire market or a nation, uh, in in some cases, might feel about your business. And, um, but, you know, it's, it's not only that you can make such strong impact with, uh, the right form of communication, but it's also the topic itself. Um, marketing is fascinating because marketing is psychology. Marketing is more than just funny spots. You know, this is something that people always, uh, well, tell you when they don't really understand what the the rich field of marketing is all about then they say oh yeah you do some nice spots and some funny funny uh, beautiful pictures but it's all much more than that it's it's data insight it's data signs and uh, and most of all and for me the most exciting thing is actually it's it's all about human psychology and that's all bloody amazing stuff so what in marketing is important to you The most important thing, um, maybe not only in marketing, maybe not only in your job, maybe in life, but especially also in, in marketing, is authenticity. And I think authenticity in everything that you do, and, uh, well, everything you do as a brand, so be authentic as a brand. Don't take yourself too serious. It's okay to sometimes laugh about yourself, um, be funny, be human, be humble, be all of that, all of what you are, basically. And um, so that, that, I think, is the absolute most important thing because people can sense if you are trying to be something that you, you're actually not. Um, another very important thing is, and that, maybe comes back to the people who might say marketing is just funny images and and beautiful pictures. Um, what is important to me is effectiveness. So you can make a great ad. Um, people might like it, think, oh, this is amazing. That ad might actually win an award. But it just is not effective. Um And, uh, you know, we spend so much money. I mean, the, the marketing and advertising uh, uh, companies in this world, the, there's millions going around and uh, that money needs to be well invested. So effectiveness is it's all about understanding the true needs of the customer and then to turn this need or that interest into a resonating communication. So that's the two things. And the third, I would probably say, is... Um, The fact that marketing needs to be progressive. Um, if you just look at all the other, you know, you could look at other areas of the business, uh, HR department or logistics and, and many other fields. I think 
that there is not many fields that are so extremely affected by this constant change from trends and from the digital transformation as marketing is. Um, so keep moving, keep changing, keep innovating, keep transforming. So authenticity, effectiveness, and progress and innovation. So let's go back to authenticity. How do I know that I'm authentic in my communication with my company? What's the process to make sure that this is mm. correct what I'm doing? Well, I think, first of all, you need to ask yourself, who am I? Um, very big question. And uh, you'd be surprised, I think, how many people, uh, A, people for themselves, but also businesses, um, have not actually ever really answered that question for themselves. And, and you, you gotta, gotta find out what your core belief is. What is your reason to be? Um, or if you, if you don't have it yet, so what do you want it to be? And if you work this out, then you know exactly where you want to go. And then that pretty much easily defines being authentic. What does it mean in the example of Lidl? Like, who is Lidl? Oh, Lidl is, basically an enabler for everyone in every market where we uh, have operated at the time uh, to always deliver a great quality for the best possible price and uh, so you enable people to have a you know to to enjoy life and to open a bottle of champagne maybe for a price that they uh, have not seen seen before in any other uh, shops and um And I think that's a very strong belief always being, you know, being great on the quality and, and amazing on the price and uh, being being just a very smart choice um, where people should be shopping. So you would keep it normally by one main values to make it more simpler to follow them? Well, yes, I would probably say you need to start there. And then as soon as you've defined like your reason, your why, um, then you can obviously start working around like in a word cloud and, you know, add more words to it that actually feel right for you. So you could obviously then define and say, uh, you know, I want to be more on, on the, uh, I, I want to be very strong on the honest side or I want to be very strong on the fancy and, and cool side and that sort of stuff. So you can obviously add and click on uh, to that in, in terms of what direction you want to um, develop your brand. And that obviously should have to do with your um, uh, competition because if your competition is, is all going into one direction, from my point of view, you should definitely go into a different direction. So effectiveness is always a challenge uh, for everyone. So what are your biggest um, learnings, how to be effective in the marketing area? Hmm. Well, let's start with the creative part, because there's obviously different areas where you, where you should really uh, improve your effectiveness uh, every day. Um, there's the media part and the creative part. If I start with the creative part, then uh, effective marketing, I would probably say, needs to pop out of the, the gray mist of, uh, you know, all the boring and, and standard uh, advertising that is out there. So it needs to have something distinctive and unique about it. 
something that basically just sticks out and and obviously matches your core values um you know you can do that in different forms in an emotional way in a in a dramatic in a drastic way you know uh, uh, even in a, a provocative way you could be um so that's basically the creative part um and if i then think about the media side that has to do a lot with figures and analysis and uh, less with the psychology but more sort of with techniques and different channels so you always have to work out how does your product as in the tv ad or the radio spot or whatever how does this actual single ad works best does it work best just on a printed word does it work best on um, on a on a visual channel like a youtube or a television and um that is first of all that very important choice that you need to make where to place it or to place it everywhere is also an option obviously and then on the other side you need to start your retro uh, retrospective analysis on how effective you have been so after you've basically let's say done all your campaign you should wrap it up later on and then try to work out uh, what has worked best and you can best do that with uh, either um, let's say market research or you look at obviously uh, click figures this is the beauty of um, the digital new era that you can now really see how people behave how they consume marketing um, and there is obviously a more scientific approach to this as well um, which is called um, econometrics modeling in a way and that is a very complex way of uh in a very analytical way trying to work out what has worked best considers competition considers uh the weather considers your promotional offers considers basically everything your usage of of channels and if you put all this all together then it becomes some kind of matrix and um very complex um but when you got there in the end you really get deep insight on uh, how effective uh, marketing can be so Lidl has the interesting um, challenge that they um, talk to a really broad audience. So what are like the main tips you learned or the main tips you got out of your experience? How to communicate to a broader audience in an effective way? Yeah, I think there is, um, there is three different ways um, how to communicate in an effective way and uh, one is uh, that's not always the case you have a bloody great product and um, everybody's absolutely raving and going crazy for this product to buy it so obviously it will sell quite well because there is such a demand and hype for this that your effort is it can be fairly limited so uh, sometimes a little a little bit on, on on social might be enough or some bloggers and and it'll just you know fly off but that's not always the case so often you um, need to help a little bit uh, or you sometimes need to help people to actually understand the product because it, it might not be self-explanatory like a, a pack of cheese you, know, you don't need to explain a pack of cheese but uh, some other things you might do need to explain a bit better and um, I think in that case um, if you really need the advertising um, you should do 
well, ideally incredible smart advertising so that it does sell the product even with a low marketing budget. And by incredible smart, I mean that you know your brand and its marketing resonates with the target audience. So again, with the consumer, uh, that there is somehow it clicks, it links with people's minds. And uh, it could be either what I you know, mentioned earlier on this emotional uh, side, it could be on the humorous side, uh, or in any other form, uh, anything that connects people's minds and, and feelings. Um, and the third option I see would be, um, which is sort of the, the not, not the smartest and uh, probably for, for most people considering the easiest option is just to spend a hell lot of money on every channel. Um, and um, at some point your message will get to people. Um, but uh, I think you can clearly see that um, I'd prefer option one and two. They seem to be more sensible in a way. Do you have examples for smart marketing? It's about timing, the right timing. So if you realize that there is a trend, you can jump on it. And so if you use what's trending um, and you're just fast enough and you're smart enough, um, you can you can basically jump on that. So... We had a situation, for example, there was a, a football match from Hoffenheim and uh, I forgot the, the name of the coach and uh, he, was, uh, he was so upset with the match that he threw um, a bottle of uh, the mineral water um, and the mineral water by some coincidence was because we were the sponsor at that time um, was a, a Saskia bottle and so I think the build side to actually uh, jumped on that straight away and you know making a, a big article about it and we uh, we thought like there's something in there um, we we, we got to work with this and um, so I think in about an hour later or so After that thing came out from the build site talking about this, uh, on the same evening, um, we posted something on Facebook about, you know, that also bottles have feelings and um, that next time, uh, you know, ideally we bring it to, uh, you know, to the uh, the Pfand Automars so to, 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 to uh, donate potentially some money for... Uh, for the tafel and um, so that was just about an hour or so later and um, uh, obviously this is this is stories that really relate to to uh, to the public and that name for for our water and for the brand but also the humor for the brand i think right at this point at this time um, is just what um, what sticks to people's minds yeah and that doesn't cost anything yeah. you just got to be quick so how would you define your creative process in general? Yeah, I mean, I think most of all, or the most important thing is maybe just to say that um, from my point of view, being creative is a state of mind that cannot be forced. And uh, creativity itself is a, is a glimpse of an idea or a spark that can basically pop out of nowhere. And often when you least expect it. So we always call this, and everyone knows about it, is sort of the famous 
in the morning in the shower moments when you least expect it and then you have this idea um so you cannot say you know if we spend three hours we force ourselves we spend three hours thinking about something we will come up with a great idea um, because the, the creativity is not an excel sheet that needs to be completed or some kind of homework that needs to be finished it's it's something something much more yeah sensitive or much more mm, well it's definitely something you just cannot force how does it work for yourself like how is your creative process yeah, obviously you can imagine that i'm not uh, sort of right on the creative front and that um It's not part of my everyday that um, I try to be creative myself. There's so many great creative people that um, have been around me um, that uh, I could rely on them coming up with great ideas. But uh, yeah, again, sometimes I'm also in the shower, and as you can imagine, and uh, sometimes I have these ideas, and and uh, or it's just watching uh, something on television or uh, flicking through. Uh, you know your facebook timeline and, and you just get this idea and uh, so i think one moment and that's where i'm uh, it's it's actually a little bit ridiculous but um it was very successful um i was um i think i was flicking through my uh, facebook timeline and i realized that there was different people not connected to each other actually liking um something that was called the shooting stars meme and i thought ah, okay that's interesting seems to be if these different people seem to uh jump on that thing like it or you know it seems to be something about this and so soon i saw maybe it was i don't know was it Borussia Dortmund or some somebody definitely like a brand or a company or a football club or somebody also then jumped on it and so I could tell that there's definitely a you know a growing trend again and uh, it was the the terrible time of the unicorns um, and uh, we just had a product I think at the time uh, that we wanted to push um, I think it was smoothies and so I, in my head, I kind of brought these two things together, and um, I thought there, there's always this, you know, this shooting stars meme is always one man or something that's sort of twisting round in universe and continuously that song, um, and it was totally random. Um, so I actually, in my head, then brought this unicorn into that film, and said, "We've just got to do the same. We've just got to." take a, a unicorn and then let it around and fly around you know in this sort of you know, pink universe and rainbow and all totally random um and just take that song um and then we grab a few of our unicorn smoothies and we'll throw them in there as well and let it all fly around and um just jump on that um, as quick as possible and so we really hit the you know the nail on the head right at that time when it just gone through the roof that whole trend um and um, i think a day after that idea we we produced the whole thing and went live and you know considering the cost and the likes and shares i still believe that it was at least for the time i was there the most <laughs> effective 
video and even though it was totally random but it just kind kind of hit that nail and that trend on on its head so yes sometimes i uh, might be a little bit creative but i don't consider that my main job um, because there's much more creative people around me or have been basically so what is your strategy to enable the creative people or to work with creative people around you yeah well if if we come back to the fact that some um, creativity comes or it simply doesn't come and for some people they actually may never come and you know, they're, they're totally fine with that because they say well i just don't want to be creative um and i think my job is more to give creative people or try to give creative people an environment that may help them to to easier reach that state of mind so what do i do basically what do i do or what do i mean with that is to first of all i think you need to give that's the briefing you need to give them all the information possible so they can actually really explore a understand the topic but also then explore different directions about one and the same topic so you need to give them freedom of mind don't set any narrow boundaries and believe me i had ideas you know in my years i had ideas presented to me that have been totally crazy totally crazy um and you might think what the hell have they been smoking but that's okay it's always been okay for me because it just shows um that the the creative process goes into all kinds of directions and that is great i find and so you know coming back to the more corporate world then an experienced creative person or creative director would always come up with you know different options anyway and in especially in the corporate world there can be a boring safe card that's always sort of you know yes we've done our job um here is what you asked for but an agency or creative person for me must come up with i would call it a management challenger and so what do i mean with that Man management challenger is um an idea a creative idea where you really have to ask yourself is the management brave enough to go with it that's what i would say you kind of got to push the management with that idea a little bit and generally i think that's the sweet spot i think that's probably exactly the right thing to do because it shows it goes sometimes just towards the edge um well and i personally don't don't mind these totally crazy ideas as long as i have uh, different options to choose from um, i don't mind crazy ideas as long as it's possible to to do the execution you know because sometimes you might have an idea and they come up with it and they present this and uh people then just look at each other and say well this is not possible to do you know just definitely not possible to do and then as soon as you start questioning just a few questions you don't want to spoil it or you don't want to be the party pooper but some things are just a little bit too weird and you just can't do it and then you should have thought about it earlier is it really possible to execute that or not because then it's just a waste of time for everyone just for a funny unrealistic idea so and then another um i think big topic is um 
the office environment. So if you put people into a grey, sad environment and tell them to have inspirational thoughts and creative ideas, um, that's not a good idea. It just won't work. I mean, people will still come up with uh, positive, great thoughts, but um, I always think, why make it so difficult for them anyway? I think the moment you walk through your office doors every single morning should actually be a moment of pride and ideally also of joy. It can't be every day, but um, generally you should really feel that joy coming to work and be proud of where you work. And so that's all to do with the office environment as well. And you definitely reach that easier with great office environment and... Uh, uh, yeah, um, a fantastic atmosphere that helps. So, yeah, what else can you can you help, or how else how else can you help to uh, to to create a positive environment or creative environment? Um, I think you. So when you're on the management side, you also have to be try to be a bit gentle because uh, you shouldn't always use your strongest language. And in England, they always said, uh, don't be too German. Um, sometimes you just feel this idea is just not funny or it's not good enough. Um, and many of the creative people, they can be quite sensitive in times. And by, by being too harsh, you actually might kill their self-confidence. And, and so what happens is that next time you will only be presented with a safeguard option because they just don't feel comfortable anymore to present you with uh, some of the fancy crazy or little ideas and um, so i think be aware of your words and definitely don't ridicule free thoughts what is for you a great office environment great office environment it should be light friendly it should be a place where people can connect with each other I don't say necessarily needs to be just open space or anything, but definitely there must be a mix of open space and and offices or places where you can maybe have a bit more of a quiet time. Um, but ultimately, I think it really comes comes down to enable people to connect with each other and to feel um, to feel good, to to feel welcome at this place and. The less, or the, the the less it feels just like bloody work, and the more it feels like we're doing cool stuff. We're we're on a great project, um, the better. So, if you have people under you, what are your main points to motivate them? Mm. Let me say two words: is guidance and freedom and those two words might sound a little bit like a you know a little bit contradictory but um, what I actually mean is you need to make sure that as the sort of commander-in-chief or uh, the manager you set a clear vision everyone who disagrees to your vision they can raise the voice you can talk about it but first of all as a genuine leader you must have a clear vision in which direction you want to develop the business. And um, I think that's, that is a lack of 
um, vision is is a very sad and poor and very often thing we see in in um, generally in management. We uh, how many times do you know do you meet people who don't really have this passion for the business and don't have such a clear vision of where they want to develop it, and that is something that everyone who works for you feels. So if you're empty inside, then people would feel that. And they say, like, well, this person just hasn't got a clue of where we actually want to develop this brand. So this vision is desperately needed in order to align your team and to give the guidance. Now, freedom is equally important, but that's a totally different story. So everybody handles this different, but in my belief, freedom is gained over the course of working together. So when you have confidence that the team is all aligned and we're all working into the same direction and there's a mutual understanding about all things, and that's the moment when you give more and more freedom. So what I'm trying to say is in order to keep people motivated, you need to give the vision and guidance first and then comes freedom and appreciation of the great work that the people are able to deliver. Ultimately, I think you need to to build a relationship between the team and yourself, so that they don't actually, so basically that they don't actually work for a corporation, but instead they work for you or with you as as a person. So, what was your vision you gave to your team? Um, well. Maybe going back to what I said earlier, you know, what the um, the core idea of uh, uh, Little has always been delivering um, great quality for a, for for the best prize. Um, and what I said earlier is that you then start thinking, what else, you know, how else can you develop, for example, a brand? Um, and my vision was always that um, you know we make the brand the the smart choice and the cool place to shop actually so um, ultimately moving um, people from I shop there only because it's cheap and because uh, because they have the best price and and the quality is all right or some people because I have to because I have to watch my my spendings to move that whole perception about the brand to I want to shop there because it's just bloody smart to shop there. Mm. And so with everything that you do in your communication, there should always be a little twist to that thought, I think. That was a clear vision. So becoming the smart choice. So in a big company, you have to... The challenge that you have someone above you, which is your boss, and you need to report to. So, did you have a strategy there? How you communicate to your bosses? Yes, it, well, it can be a challenge. I mean, I personally must say I was very lucky, pretty much my entire career, um, that I had great bosses and and great understanding, mutual understanding about things. Um, uh, so, I guess it's all about gaining trust first 
and that means on a on a professional level so i you know your you know your shit basically you know what to do um but it's also you know on a personal level gaining trust i believe if there's no trust between you and your boss you will have a very bad starting point so question is how do you gain trust and i think that comes back to you know what i said very early in the beginning about um what matters for the brand also matters for you as a person and, or as a manager be authentic so how how can you trust someone who's not authentic because definitely that person is someone else that pretend to be something so that's the most important thing i think be authentic be reliable be loyal And it's actually quite easy. I mean, it sounds easy. Um, for some, it might really mean a little shift in terms of potentially reliability or these sort of things. But it's, I think it really comes down to this authenticity, reliability, loyalty, and gaining trust. So let's say when you have built such a strong relationship, you have to start working on gaining your freedom. Because that's what you want when you when you're a manager. You want to have freedom, and freedom doesn't come without trust. So as soon as you gain the freedom, you should better not disappoint. So they continue to build that trust. And I think at some point you need to prove and show to your bosses that everything that you do is always in the interest of the business, and that you don't follow some ego or personal agenda because that's always the danger um, that some people actually might put that on the front of their agenda is sort of the personal development and I think as a, as a boss you can sense it at some point that somebody's just really looking after their personal agenda um, and that's not the right thing and it just definitely won't increase your level of trust with your boss Another important thing to say is um, your own responsibility, freedom, and the right to change things isn't always just put in your hands. So it's not, I mean, in, in my years, it was, there was never a moment where um, basically my bosses then came and said, oh, we want you to have more freedom, <laughs> we want you uh, to be able to change more things and, and all that sort of stuff. I think um, you have to actively demand and push for that freedom during your entire career to fight for it not fight in a, in a, in a mean way or anything but really to to uh, to work hard for that and so how many times have i heard people saying oh my bosses don't give me any freedom and i keep saying you know it's your own responsibility to demand to demand and to push for that freedom And if you don't succeed, you might not be strong enough. And, well, you need to prove uh, and, and push harder next time. Because it's your job, actually, to push and to demand that freedom for yourself. Do you have a concrete example for all that? Especially if you said in the beginning, you know, like, you always try to find the edge ideas, to, which make their management a bit uncomfortable? Um... Yeah, well, there was one example that was in the UK, um, and it was the 
um, we called it at the time the 50p challenge or it was called by the by the press the 50p challenge um, it was um, a faux pas by one of the major competitors they had a poster hung up uh, unfortunately in the shop window and it was supposed to be uh, in the uh, I think in the staff room and it was actually the it was meant to motivate the team members to basically squeeze more money out of the customers and says well you know if we squeeze out 50 pence uh, from every customer until Christmas we'll have a great year uh, let's try and go for this now somebody just hung that up in the shop window and it was visible for everyone to see now totally embarrassing and we saw that that idea was you know pitched to me and uh, creative people said um let's just replicate that and turn it around and let's just say uh we replicate the entire poster and everything and we'll just say let's make our customers basically to save 50p or more every time they shop um so we did that we placed it right in the shop window and uh posted that on twitter and and because it was already trending uh, trending on twitter and and on the social media networks even the ceo of the competitor was on on i think on television on bbc in the morning and to to sort of apologize for uh for that uh, full power and so what we did was basically then totally going through the roof i think we even printed that in one of the papers at the time um but why do i why do i tell that story it is it was the first time that we actually really were um a little bit cheeky with um and really confronting one of these full powers of any of our competitors and um in the previous years that i experienced basically was that um, there was an unwritten rule you know well, we don't mess around with the competition we we try to make the best prices but we don't mess around we're definitely not going to be cheeky in that way so everybody was very nervous um everybody involved and at some point my uh, uh my colleague from a different department said but we need to speak to our um top management to our managing director about this and i said uh no don't worry about it leave it with me um i'm totally responsible for this um it's going to be fine um i knew it would well i hoped it would uh, you know match his humor um anyway but you know you're not 100% sure and then the more people you ask in an organization the more opinions you get so if you have a a bold idea and you actually want to break the ice and want to do something that's not been done before and that's actually quite cheeky then sometimes you shouldn't ask too many people and just do it um so we did and that thing just went through the roof totally and um the the papers were all talking about it um you know little was praised for just being so smart so humorous so funny um but he also had such a clear message about you know us being the ones who make people save money so um yeah that was a decision 
I took it personally because I thought, um, you know, I'm head of the marketing department. So, you know, if not something like this, what else is, is my freedom? And but I knew obviously that that was a, quite a big step for for the business, and um, because it was really going out there and uh, kicking people's ass. So um, I was so hundred percent convinced and certain about this that I said, like, this is my freedom, and I'm going to grab that freedom and I'll do it. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very successful in the end. Luckily. <laughs> Um, are there also downsides to it when like stuff you tried out didn't work out? God, I must must find a good example now, but I do <laughs> don't want to sound arrogant now, but I'm I'm sure there was lots of things that just didn't work out, but there's not one you know, I, I think I'm a positive thinking person, so I probably just forget this and <laughs> forget these examples and just remember all the good stuff that worked because I uh, love to try new things. But yeah. fair enough, fair yeah. enough. It's always a good tactic to to, to stay fo <laughs> stay focused on the positive. Um, how do you educate yourself? What is like your sources to for education? Hmm. I think the main the main source is really talking to people. Um, yes, I believe I have a very strong opinion about most things, but I also listen to other people's opinion. I learn to listen more and more to people who disagree with my opinion because I think it definitely can, can sort of bring you further because you need to organize your own thoughts better. You need to organize your own arguments. You need to um, be open for different perspectives. Um, so, and apart from that, I believe I just go through the world with very open eyes and ears and um, just being open and, and sensible about just everything that happens around you. So I believe that's my, that's my main source. Yes, I do watch a little bit of television. Sometimes I listen to the radio. Um, I read uh, one or the other paper or article. And uh, yes, uh, I'm not sure if it's something to be proud of, but I uh, do flip through the timeline and Facebook a lot and you can see then what seems to be relevant for most people because they start liking and sharing this. So if there's a major topic, it will come up on your timeline as well. Do you also have a favorite book you want to recommend? Yes, the book is called... Um, I'm not sure if it's my favorite book, but uh, it's um, it actually is, is quite an interesting one because it uh, works with the topic we've been talking about, how corporations work in a way. And uh, it's called something in translation in German, the Little Machiavelli. Um, and it's about sort of political driven management about, uh, you know, uh, the different characters in organizations. And uh, it's, I think it's actually quite an old, old book as in maybe from, I don't know, maybe from the 60s or something. Um, but the funny thing about it is not much has changed. So if you read this and you see, oh yeah, there's so many reasons why certain people behave a certain way and so if you're in a bigger com um, corporation I think it's definitely worth reading that and um, it 
uh, may actually tell you not to behave like that. So therefore, I think it's always a good lesson. Yeah. And the last question I have is, uh, if you could go back in time to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell him? I would probably say, do what you love, because only then you can be successful. You can develop that passion that you really need to in order to be successful. Um, and believe in yourself. Obviously, don't dream away in a world. I don't mean that. But actually do things. Uh, have trust in yourself and, and do what you love. Be passionate about it. Yes, that, that's it. Aunt, thank you very much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Florian. See you next time, guys. See you.